Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network. Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty act. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise me. Happy holidays, everybody. This is Dave Koz for RAD, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. When you're traveling during the holidays and see someone who's had too much to drink about to get behind the wheel of their car, get the car keys. Your friends will thank you for it because friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. Get your Smokey on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ant Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Happy 
pleasant good morning to you and yours. Now turn for our morning prayer. Dear Father God, we come before you this morning saying thank you. Thank you for your many blessings. Give us many sins that we've done, knowingly and unknowingly. We thank you, Lord, for all your many. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done and everything you're about to do. We lift up the middle family to you, Lord. Homegoing out there, the homegoing out there, of their loved ones. Lord, we lift up those, Lord, who, who are bereaved lost a loved one this week. I will lift up families everywhere to you, with you to you, to you Lord. I will, we lift up those Lord who who are in need, those who are homeless. We thank you, Lord. I remember those, Lord. Who don't, who don't know you in the part of your sins, have mercy, Lord. But remember those who get ready to go to church this morning. Give them traveling mercies to church and back home. I we to say thank you. Bless our family, our friends, our church family, our neighbors, Lord. Bless those, Lord, who our elderly, Lord. Bless our pastor and his family, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Bless my wife, Vanessa, Lord. Touch her. Top of her soles of feet, Lord. Touch her heart. To a spiritual surgery on her heart, Lord. Hammers. Remember those, Lord, listening to us live by way of podcast. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Master, Lord, the servant. Ask you to. Touch the servant, Lord. Give him the strength, Lord. Here we are. So we just say thank you. We praise you. Ask for these blessings in Jesus' name. We'll be back. At the top of the hour. Stay tuned. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Welcome to PowerPoint with Jack Graham. Many don't think about the consequences and the repercussions of sin. Even some believers don't recognize that when we sin, we take a huge risk 
reasonable price to pay. Make no mistake about it, our sins will find us out. On today's PowerPoint, Pastor Graham brings a message about how you can overcome sin. Now here's Pastor Graham with his message, Breaking the Sin Barrier. Take God's Word and turn with me to the first chapter of 1 John. We've talked about man and sin and the cure for sin, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, poured out for us at the cross. And in Jesus Christ, His salvation, we are forgiven. But the question is raised, can a Christian sin? Can a person who knows Jesus Christ, who has been saved from sin, sin against God? And of course, you know the answer to that question by experience. If you are a believer, you know that sin is a reality. It is a fact of life. Certainly by reading the scriptures, we know this is true. We see that some of God's choices things. Men like Abraham, David, Simon Peter, even Paul, who said, I am the chief of sinners, admitting that sin was still a part of their lives, though not a pattern in their lives. And that's the difference that Christ makes. If we as believers in Jesus Christ sin against God, does that mean we have to be saved again? Absolutely not. Philippians 1, 6, he who began the good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God will complete what he started, and sin cannot send away salvation. Why? Because of the grace of God, because of the love of God, and the forgiveness of God, which is past, present, and future. We're going to read here in 1 John, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Every sin, every blot, every stain, every sin is taken away because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So we no longer stand under condemnation, neither will we ever be under condemnation as followers of Jesus Christ. Having said that, we must recognize that sin can do great damage to the believer. Ask David. David, the great king of Israel, who at the age of 50, having walked with the Lord a lifetime, the the shepherd king of Israel, this wonderful man. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He loved God. There's no one in this room who loved God any more than King David loved God. Yet one afternoon, he looked through the window shade of his palace. He saw a woman bathing, a woman by the name of Bathsheba. He lusted. He took her to bed with him, committed adultery. Then when it was discovered that she was pregnant, expecting his child, he brought her husband in from the battlefield, hoping that he would think that he was the father of that child. And when that didn't work, he arranged the murder. Uriah the Hittite, one of his own generals, put him on the front line when the troops were called back. And Uriah died because of David's sin. David's first sin, the sin with Bathsheba, was a hot-blooded sin, a sin of passion. But this sin was a cold-blooded sin, a sin premeditated. So with this terrible sin, David lived, covering it up and hiding it. One solid year. For one year, he lived with the guilt 
we're going to see that because of that guilt and because of that sin, David was a miserable man. I want us to look at our text in verse 7 of 1 John chapter 1. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 1 John 1, 9 is a verse that you should have underlined in your Bible. Put it in red. Put it in your heart. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's talk for a few moments about the problem with committing sin. I'm again talking to believers. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're on our way to heaven. But what are the problems of committing sin? David can tell us about the problems. In fact, he does. In Psalm number 51, which is a psalm of repentance, it is a testimony of his own life and how he came back to God, having backslidden. It is the repentant prayer of David after his great sin, having been confronted by Nathan the prophet, and he finally comes clean with God. But in this testimony, he talks about some of the problems of committing sin, and he tells us, for example, uh, in verse 1, that sin soils the soul. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Verse 2, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. There are a number of descriptions of sin in the Bible. Sin is called darkness. Sin is described as disease. Sin is described as distance, separating us from God. Sin is described as death. The wages of sin is death. Sin is described as the debts that we cannot pay. Sin is described as desolation and destruction. But so often in the Bible, sin is described as defilement. Dirtying the soul, staining the soul and the heart. Because you see, sin stains and pollutes everything that it touches, especially the human soul. And David said, I, I need to be washed. I need to be clean again. He, he, would, he would take baths in marble tubs in the palace, and yet his soul. He said not only that, but sin will saturate the mind. Uh, the second portion of verse 3 of Psalm 51 says, And my sin is always before me. That's all he could think about. Uh, it just saturates the mind, predominated his thought life. It warps the psyche. That's all he could think about. That's all he could see. There was a time in David's life as, as, as the shepherd when he would look up into a starry night and he'd say, 
He'd say the heavens declare the glory of God. He would see the stars, and he would see, therefore, the glory of God. Why, he could just look at a pastoral scene, watch a shepherd with his sheep, and think, the Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. David was so close to God that he could look at a rock and say, the Lord is the rock of my salvation. Everything he looked at, he saw the Lord. But now, because of his sin, he is separated and in fellowship with God, and everything he looks at, he sees his sin. He remembers his sin, and he can't deal with it. He's breaking apart because there's something about sin that short-circuits the brain. You know, it's really a stupid thing to do for Christians to sin and try to cover it up. You know why? We're not any good at it. If the Holy Spirit is in us and convicting us, it shows in everything that we do and everything that we say. But it saturates the mind. But not only that, it stings the conscience. David said in verse 4, Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just and blameless when you judge. His conscience is thundering and stinging him. Here is a king, a great king. He can command armies. He control servants. He can't stop the sting of his conscience. He can't control his conscience. That's what separates a believer from an unbeliever. It's the, it's the work, the conviction of the Holy Spirit when we sin. See, an unbeliever, there are only two kinds of sinners in the world, by the way. Those who are saved and those who are lost. Because we've all sinned. But the difference between a saved sinner and a lost sinner, a lost sinner can sin and Sometimes never feel that badly about it. In fact, rather enjoy it. But when we're saved, when we break God's laws and live in disobedience to God, if we're truly saved, then the conscience begins to work overtime in us, and the Holy Spirit begins to deal with us in the conscience. We recognize that we have broken the, the laws of God. It, it stings the conscience. It also saddens the heart. Look at verse 8 of Psalm 51. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Saddens the heart. Now he's experienced grief and sorrow and heartache and pain and bitterness. He's lost his joy. We're told in the Scripture, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when you lose your joy, you lose your strength. And David just felt as though all the juice had been, had been sapped out of him. In fact, in another psalm, just like this, Psalm 51, when he is confessing his sin, he said in Psalm 32, and verse 3, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. So now he's experiencing the misery of a, of a broken heart and a sad heart. And the joy is gone and the freshness is gone and the excitement is gone out of life. There's nothing more miserable than a man, a woman of God out of fellowship with God. You're listening to PowerPoint with Jack Graham and today's message, Breaking the Sin Barrier. Be sure to visit our website where you can download our free smartphone app, become a fan of PowerPoint on Facebook, or follow Pastor Graham on Twitter. You can also sign up for his free daily email devotional. Just go to jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org. Pastor Graham wants to send you his new seven-message CD series called Victors to thank you for your gift to PowerPoint. With this powerful resource, you'll journey with Pastor Graham through Revelation 2 and 3 and discover the victory you have as a believer in Jesus and the great mission God calls you to accomplish. So call now to request your copy of this empowering series. Call 
1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. Or text the word PowerPoint to 313131. Text PowerPoint to 313131. Now let's get back to today's message from Pastor Graham, Breaking the Sin Barrier. So David then reminds us that sin not only stings the conscience and saturates the mind and soils the soul and, and stings that conscience and saddens the heart, but it sickens the body. If you live with guilt, did you know that if you live with unconfessed sin in your life, that sin has physical repercussions in your life because of the guilt, because of the anxiety of being found out, uh, because of the depression that can set in, and everything from headaches to stomach aches to back aches to heartaches, and you can see the wear and tear of sin. David felt it in his own body. He said, I'm groaning off the house. My bones are being broken. He was in the grip of God. He thought he was running from God. He thought he was hiding, hiding from God and even lying to God. But God had him in his grip. He was just crushing him, bringing him to a place of repentance. But it sickens the body. Now, it's certainly possible to suffer without sinning. Not all suffering is a result, a direct result of sin. But let me tell you, it is impossible to sin without suffering. There are consequences. But not only does it sicken the body, it also sours the spirit. Look at verse 10 of Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It just sours everything sin does. Our attitudes are destroyed. Everything is wrong because we become spiteful and angry and hateful. And then, finally, he said, it seals the lips. Verses 14 and 15, deliver me from guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. David had spiritual lockjaw. His lips had been sealed because of his sin. The sweet singer of Israel no longer praised God because of his sin. He is now broken and ruined, and the same thing can happen to us. Our witness, many of us can't witness for Christ because our lips are sealed. Our testimony is shut off because of sin in our lives. Now, how many times people play the if-only we look at our lives and we see the problem that sin has caused. We say, if only, if, if only I had it to do over again. If only I had listened better. If, if, if only I could start over. If only I could write a new chapter. If only I could be forgiven. If only I could forgive myself. We all have sin in our lives and regrets. How do we deal with it? How do we deal with our sin? You know, not, not everyone commits the sin of David. There are sins of the flesh and there are sins of the spirit. Sometimes the question is asked, are some sins worse than others? But in the sight of God, sin is sin. It took the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse and to cover all sin. But certainly we know what, that not all sins have the same repercussions and the same consequences in our lives. The Bible talks about scandalous sins. But whether they are sins of the Spirit or sins of the flesh, what do we do with our sins? Well, we can bury our sins. 
We can bury them by minimizing sin and saying, well, it's really not that big a deal. It's just a little thing. Or we can bury our sins by rationalizing. Well, everyone else is doing it. It's not just me, Lord. Or we can bury our sin by compromising, lowering our standards, compromising our convictions and saying, well, I know I'm not up there where I belong. I know I'm not walking where I ought to walk, but it's okay. So we just lower the bar a little bit rather than striving and pressing on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Some deal with their sin by bearing sin. Others by blaming sin on others. We've become a nation of excuse makers. We blame our sin on others and we become victims. But remember, to blame is to be lame. It's so lame to blame. Yet people do it all the time. Some bury their sins. Sometimes we deal with sins by beating ourselves up. Martin Luther, the great reformer, spent years as a young monk trying to beat himself up and beat himself down and control the sinful nature. But we don't come to forgiveness by penance. We come by repentance and confession, as we'll see in just a moment. But some deal with their sins by, by constantly flagellating themselves with, with self-condemnation. And bearing the weight of their sin. I've got some good news today, believer. You don't have to beat yourself up and bear up under your sin because there is not only the problem of committing sin, thank God, because of Jesus Christ, there is the power of confessing sin. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When David was finally confronted with his sin, when Nathan looked him in the eye and said, You, David, are the man, David said, I have sinned against God. Done this wickedness in his sight. He quit hiding, he quit blaming, he quit burying it, and he broke in confession. And certainly David's sin was against himself. He was coming apart. Certainly David's sin was against Bathsheba. Certainly David's sin was against his family. Certainly David's sin was against Uriah the Hittite. David's sin was against the nation of Israel. But ultimately David knew that his sin was against a holy God. You and you only, God. See, that's real confession because confession is not just feeling sorry that we got caught in our sin. Or admitting our sin. To confess is so much more than admitting sin. To confess, uh, the word in the language of the New Testament, homologeo, it means to say the same thing as, to agree with someone. So to confess our sins is to say the same thing about our sins as God says about our sins. And to name it and nail it. And tell God. I have sinned, and be specific about it. Not just, oh, God, forgive me all of my sins, amen. But to say, oh, God, I said this, I did that, I thought this, my heart is here, and so forth, and confess our sin against God. And when we do that, our sin is forgiven because God is faithful, and we can live in the confidence that we can be forgiven, that our life in Him can be restored and renewed. The right
life spirit can be renewed. We can have a healthy spirit again, a vibrant life. The joy can return to your Christian life, and you can live rather than as a victim of sin. You can live in victory because of what Jesus Christ has done. After David confessed his sin, he was forgiven. Now, there were consequences of his sin. In one sense, he paid for that sin the rest of his life. His family was dysfunctional. His life was a mess in many ways as a result of that bad decision. You see, we can make choices, but we cannot choose the consequences of our choices. And while there are consequences of sin, and David experienced them, and, and we should never, never, ever expect that somehow the consequences will go away. God may choose to do that uh, in his grace, but most of the time we live with some consequences of these kinds of sins in particular. But I want you to notice what was said ultimately about David that just blesses me so much. Don't turn to it, but just listen to 1 Kings 15.5. This is a wrap-up of David's life in the Scripture. David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, and turned not aside from anything he commanded him all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah. See what God said about his life? God did not mistake the moment for the man. When God evaluated his life, he said, all of his days he walked with me. All of his days he loved me. All of his days he obeyed me. Not perfectly. He walked in obedience to me. Except in the matter. here to tell you that you can experience forgiveness. Having been forgiven, when God evaluates your life, you will not just bear the stamp and the scar of that sin, but when it comes to the final hours of life and when you stand before God, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleansing you and covering you, He will evaluate you not as a sinful, scarred individual, but as a child of God, His own child. Given and cleansed. I thank God for His redemptive grace. I thank God for His restorative grace, restorative grace. But I also thank God for His restraining grace that keeps us from sin. You don't have to fail. You don't have to fall. You can live your life in obedience to God. Again, it's not a matter of perfection. It's a matter of the direction of your life. And you can break the sin barrier. You don't have to live in bondage to your sin. You will come clean with God and confess your sin. He will forgive you. He forgives you. Forgive yourself. And forget about it. And focus on the future. And begin living. You're listening to PowerPoint with Jack Graham and his message, Breaking the Sin Barrier. How we live out our faith matters greatly. We're not here to relax and bask in God's grace and love. He's commissioned us to seek after his heart, live in purity, love the world wholeheartedly, and expand his kingdom. Pastor Graham's powerful new seven-message CD series called Victors helps you discover a power-filled life of purpose. 
the series is our gift to thank you for your donation to PowerPoint. So call now to request your copy. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word PowerPoint to 313131. Text PowerPoint to 313131. And don't forget to visit jackgraham.org where you can shop our e-store or sign up for Pastor Graham's free daily email devotional. Our website again is jackgraham.org. Pastor, why is sin such risky behavior? Sin is damaging to the spiritual health and growth of a believer. You only need to look at how sin is described in the scripture to begin to get a sense of its destructive impact. Sin is referred to as darkness, desolation, and destruction. It is described as disease and death and separation from God. Now, we rarely stop to consider sin in these terms when we're in the process of committing sin, nor do we often consider the consequences of our sin. But just look at the effects of sin on David's life. For one whole year, David lived with the guilt of his sins against Bathsheba and Uriah, himself, his family, his nation. And during that whole year, David was in complete misery. And this was David, a man after God's own heart, who found himself out of fellowship with God. Everywhere David looked, he saw sin. He suffered from pains in his body, and he was mentally obsessed with what he had done. You see, for all of David's greatness and amazing victories against giants and nations, he couldn't stop the sting of his conscience or the consequences of his sins. Now, even if you haven't committed the same sins as David, I know you can relate to the side effects of sin. Haven't you at some time done something that you knew was sinful and suffered feelings of guilt or shame? You may have felt physically sick, or worse yet, you may have felt far, far away from God. Well, let me tell you why this happens. If you're truly saved, your conscience will work overtime when you sin, and the Holy Spirit may use your conscience to convict you and convince you and to bring you back to God. And he will do whatever he must do to bring you to a point of genuine confession before the Lord, just as David finally did. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God for his redemptive and restorative grace, but also thank him for his restraining grace that keeps us from sin when we live in obedience to him in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is today's PowerPoint. Pastor Graham's new seven-message CD series called Victors is our gift to thank you for your donation to PowerPoint today. Call now to request your copy. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. Or text the word PowerPoint to 313131. Text PowerPoint. To 313131. And remember, PowerPoint is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Well, next time, Pastor Graham brings a message about whether or not the Bible can be trusted. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint with Jack Graham is sponsored by PowerPoint Ministries. Hi, Jack. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. This is Jam Radio Network.
eight churchgoers looking for a little morning inspiration. Well, listen to Morning Inspiration and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. And good morning, this is your early morning gospel program. Morning inspirations here on this Sunday morning. Trying to get up, trying to wake up everybody.
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
presentation of God Questions Ministries. What signs indicate that the end times are approaching? Matthew 24 verses 5 through 8 gives us some important clues so we can discern the approach of the end times. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. An increase in false messiahs, an increase in warfare, and increases in famines, plagues, and natural disasters. These are signs of the end times. In this passage, though, we are given a warning. We are not to be deceived because these events are only the beginning of birth pains. The end is still to come. Some interpreters point to every earthquake, every political upheaval, and every attack on Israel as a sure sign that the end times are rapidly approaching. While the events may signal the approach of the last days, they are not necessarily indicators that the end times have arrived. The Apostle Paul warned that the last days would bring a marked increase in false teaching. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith 
and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. The last days are described as perilous times because of the increasingly evil character of man and people who actively resist the truth. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 9. Other possible signs would include a rebuilding of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem, increased hostility towards Israel, and advances toward a one-world government. The most prominent sign of the end times, however, is the nation of Israel. In 1948, Israel was recognized as a sovereign state, essentially for the first time since A.D. 70. God promised Abraham that his posterity would have Canaan as an everlasting possession, Genesis 17, verse 8. And Ezekiel prophesied a physical and spiritual resuscitation of Israel, Ezekiel chapter 37. Having Israel as a nation in its own land is important in light of end times prophecy because of Israel's prominence in eschatology, Daniel 10, verse 14. With these signs in mind, we can be wise and discerning in regard to the expectation of the end times. We should not, however, interpret any of these singular events as a clear indication of the soon arrival of the end times. God has given us enough information that we can be prepared, and that is what we are called to be. God Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions online at gotquestions.org.
Janine Marks, a 12-year-old, was fairly normal. She spent a lot of time online. One day, she met a new friend. The new friend had the same problems at home. They liked the same bands. They worried about the same subjects in school. They promised to keep each other's secrets. They wished they went to the same junior high. The new friend had good news. He said he was going to be in Janine's area one Saturday. He thought it would be amazing if they could just hang out, go to the mall. Janine agreed. The new friend didn't want parents messing this up. Janine showed up alone. So did her new friend, who wasn't in junior high, wasn't nice, and wasn't a 14-year-old boy. Every day, children are sexually solicited online. Help delete online predators. Call 1-800-THE-LOST or visit cybertipline.com to learn how to protect your kids' online life. A message from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the Ad Council. This is Ann Graham Watts with Daily Light for Daily Living. When was the last time you wept over your city? Luke 19, 41-44 says, Jesus approached Jerusalem, saw the city, and wept over it. He said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Jerusalem rejected Jesus, and 40 years later, Jerusalem was destroyed. To reject Jesus is self-destructive for an individual, a city, a nation, or this world. Jesus wept for how close Jerusalem was to real permanent peace, yet was so blind to it. Even when tens of thousands proclaimed him as the long-awaited Messiah, the nation missed it. Listen to me. Pray for your city and for America. Ask God to show you how you can make Jesus feel welcome. Salvation from judgment may depend on it. This is Ann Graham Lodge. Looking for a lift? Experience a seed from the sore with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia. One night I saw an old friend who was so lit up that I could read by him. He was staggering from car to car, and I asked, Are you lost? No, he mumbled, but my car is. There are many like him who are lost, and they won't admit it. If you have wandered away from the Lord, you're lost. But you don't have to find him. He has come to find you. You're no further than one step from him. That one step is turning around. When you turn around, you find yourself in the arms of Christ, who loves you and longs to save you. Turn around now. For your free copy of Dr. Guido's Daily Devotional, Seeds from the Sower, write The Sower, Metter, Georgia, 30439. Visit us on the web at thesower.com.
the Unguarded album, 1980. Amy Grant and Love will find a way. Want to make, want to remind you that tonight at eight o'clock, it's Nation Talk, real talk, real issues. Nation Talk gonna talk to you and Jam Radio. That's tonight, eight p.m. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that you will will join us at time, and hopefully that you find a way to get ready for church to this morning. I'm certainly am right now, and hopefully you are too. Here's the Watutu Children's Choir.
Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross, paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. 
And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Oh, well, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him. Come to the Savior tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself wholly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins again. Peace with God and eternal abundant life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
music for your truly until tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, for Listen Talk here on Talk Shoe and Jam Radio. Until then, God bless you. Have a wonderful and blessed fourth Sunday. You're listening to the 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.